welcome back to the Backfeed, the show after the show, where these idiots get to sit around and ask me questions that I may or may not have a response, uh, response to. Oh, man, it's been one hell of a week. So, today, I am joined by our friendly neighborhood, Kyle and Gio. You guys know them as Zor and Melkor. What happened last week? Um, last week, so... Oh, Jesus. What was last week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> we it was met day a two. monster. Yeah, it we was met a day... nasty monster. You are right. It, you, it was day two of your trip in Nylea's forest. Um, you guys, let's see. You had some very easy encounters throughout the day, and I. it was a very nice day. You, succe- you were successful in passing all your checks for the day, and then you guys told me to roll one more time on the table, and that is where you guys fucked up. Because <laughs> I rolled for one of the harder encounters, um, I don't know if it's arguably harder than the Displacer Beasts, but I can tell you I'm not going to be as nice as I was with that one. So, <laughs> if you guys don't remember, I described a black tendril-like creature. Um, something, for those of you video game nerds out there that you could probably relate it to, something tendril-like uh, the Heartless from Kingdom Hearts, if, have, if any of you have ever played those. Um those kind of tendrils around like this black glowing light that kind of form into like this cylindrical being. Um, and a- surrounding it was uh, a section of forest that was the best way I could say it. It's life force had been sucked out from it, uh, from the surrounding area. So with that said, do you guys have any questions for me? But it's yeah, cylindrical. It's cylindrical? I thought it was, like, spherical. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I meant spherical. I, I misspoke. You are right. I meant spherical. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh. I was... Look, it's been it's been a long week. <laughs> I'm very tired, and I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. So, that's where we're at today. As long as it kills Melkor first, you know, as long as Zor lives, because oh, Zor God. is here. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you want Melkor to be the last one alive because then he can reanimate your dead body? And this is where Zor's brain comes into play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm going to have to say that I have played Kingdom Hearts. We're not going to make a game, but I'm pretty sure that this is not going to be easy. If I can remember that in just the slightest memory. The, I think I only played the first one. Well, um, They were very nasty, if I could remember those things. And they weren't fun. so um yeah with that being said i have no idea what's gonna happen and i'm hoping that uh, at least it's sam first that gets smacked around (laughs) it's sam first well it's not zor's personality well with sam's luck he will probably wind up getting another some kind of infection that he'll then blame (laughs) me for but. Yes, he seems to. He seems to really. You guys, you seem to like him on the roll, uh, rolling your dice, and he seems to. You guys uh, gravitate towards each other like your brothers. <laughs> well, I mean, we are brothers. So yeah, that's so probably that's why. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask, can you not flank this creature because it is spherical, so it doesn't really have like a, a back. So, flanking is. Not so much about uh, what's the best way I can word this. Okay, 
breaking from role play and into game mechanics. So we're going to separate those two right now. Uh, when it comes to flanking, it's a mechanic that basically says that when melee, uh, when melee characters are on opposite sides of the same creature, so completely opposite, like 10 feet apart, any kind of angle on the on the grid as long as it's a direct uh direct uh what's the word i'm looking for a straight line um basically you're gonna want to make a tic-tac-toe with the fucking with the fucking monster in the center and then at the two corners or around the edges is going to be the players then that then that's flanking it's not so much it having a back it's more or less the mechanic Uh-oh. itself as a game um it's really stupid i really hate it Flanking entails something different when you say it, and like it entails this confusion where it's like, "Oh, yeah. I need his back," but you really don't. And I also, I'm I'm very vocal <laughs> about it. I hate the fucking mechanic. I don't know why I still put it in my games. I think it's more or less because I haven't thought of a different thing yet, like a different mechanic to replace it. But I thought Sam, I thought Sam uh, Demezio was the mechanic. I'm flanking. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am mechanic. I am freaking flank. <laughs> well, it's it's so funny because literally every character Sam has ever made, and Sam, if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to harp on you, but literally every character you've ever fucking made abuses flanking minus like two, <laughs> save for two of his characters. Every single one of them, he abuses flanking, and it's not it's not like a bad thing because he's using it for his advantage like i can't fault him for that but i'm totally gonna call him out for abusing it (laughs) because i fucking hate it when he uses it (laughs) but what can i do it's kind of like zora abusing reckless attack exactly you know i figured out a way that i can give advantage to my character i realized that uh if i have animated skeletons for example i could use them to give me the help action yeah right you can you can have them give you the help action or you could just get to high ground oh i've never have we ever been in a situation where there was where there was high ground so far um you two specifically no i don't think i've entered uh, i don't think we've gotten to like a section of or like a battle map that had elevation to it but um, throughout the campaign, I think there was a few times where that came into play. Hmm. I always forget about elevation, but it is a thing. It's also hard when you're in a fucking forest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, typically everything is relatively the same level. So, yeah, there is that too. So... What about this freaking bearded uh, bomber fella? You know, we met that guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. His name is Bomb. Yeah, you you did meet Bomber. That was yeah, that was one of your encounters from the first day. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know how I forgot about Alex, but yeah, he was a, a very interesting character to say the least. I've I'm very <laughs> excited to see what happens because he we talked about it and he. He had an idea in mind, and I'm like, okay, let's go for it. <laughs> so he's, uh, I'm very intrigued to see what comes of it, and I'm still waiting for his fucking backstory, and I'm getting very irritated. <laughs> no, well, not, he, has, he hasn't given you the backstory yet? No, I'm not. 
so the problem is is that he like his his i'm sure you're aware geo his his personal life is kind of cuckoo banana right now and i don't want to i don't want to come off so strong to the point that it turns him off from the game so i'm not trying to force it but at the same time like I can't do jack shit with your character if I don't know what your character has done. So, like, I have a general idea, but he hasn't given me, like, an actual write-up yet. Which, you two didn't either, but we had an extensive conversation and I made notes the entire time. We could um, always offer Bomber a shower, because I know he's a stinky little dwarf. <laughs> are, you, are you sure he's not under the impression that he gave you a backstory? Because I know he gave you, like, a pitch, but you said you didn't. You didn't want that backstory for his character because it, w- it wouldn't fit into the campaign well or something like that. No, I, I told him uh, before last session started, I said, I just need your backstory. You know, get it to me, you know, ASAP. And then I texted him the other day um, asking about it. And he said, yeah, I just haven't had time to write it up yet. So he he's very much aware. Um, it oh. I think it's just a matter of him having time. So I'm not... I'm not trying to bash him or anything or do anything like that. I'm really not. I'm just saying I haven't gotten it yet. So, but any hoozy, enough about that. Behind Speaking about backstories, I the, there's been a lot of backstory play games with uh, what was it Zag or Zug? Uh, Zo, uh, Zog. I think it was Zog. Zog. Yeah, there we go, Zog. So, so we had a little bit of an encounter. I think Zor might be a little too stupid to realize what's going on, but. He had some, I guess, inner intuition with maybe some of the conversations that were going on. Are you talking about Zog or Zor? Zog, Zor, Zog, Zor. <laughs> damn it, well, damn it. So firstly, what I want to start off with with was that that entire sequence was completely off the cuff. I did not plan for that at all. Wow. Yeah, but um, so Zog is very much familiar with you and very much knows what happened that day. Um, so he, he does have history with you and Zor does have history with him. If that's what your question is, or right. you just, Well, oh, I mean, I was kind of bringing on the element of when Sam got involved, the pointy eared guy and, uh, was trying to figure out why he was just so, I mean, cause I know Zor has some conflict there. Um, but also has some compassion uh, towards his, uh, you know, with his backstory. But it, it was a weird situation, I think, for everybody. But it uh, it definitely brought up some emotional aspect for for everyone, especially Zor, because of his whole his whole upbringing. His so so are you asking why was Zog so emotional? Yes, because remember, Zor thought everybody was dead. That's that was his yeah. big key. So he, I guess it's something. We'll maybe we'll see later, or maybe because I let him go, he's still out there. Hopefully, so, he doesn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a. Uh, so how can I how can I word this without giving too much away? Um. So it's not like your entire. Like, okay, so the way that the Savage Lands is set up, there's one main, like, section of the area of Mogus, like, one main, like, city, but there's outskirts and stuff. So your your 
outskirt or smaller town off of Mogus was entirely destroyed, but the entirety of Mogus was not. And there's other little towns and like subdivisions, I guess you could call them set up. Uh, Zog had one. Well, he didn't have one. He was a part of one where his was entirely wiped out too. Um, by the pointy ears as he refers to them. Uh, and he is very much not of the forgiving type. He is very much filled with rage. It's kind of like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not foil. Spinoff of what Zor could be or what he could go into depending right. on what. You know, it's kind of like a the way I, 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 the way I went with it was a this is how Zor could be kind of vibe. Right. I think it was good because at the end of the day, Zor showed, even though he, he like when Demezio says like, Hey, he's my friend. And Zor writes it off like, like, <laughs> no, I'm not. But he at least shows that he defends the pointy ear, you know, it's- and where the other guy is, is ready to kill him. And it shows that Zor has some compassion there and that's you know shows his is his even though he's neutral it shows his his good to the world i guess that was a good way of showing the difference between this is a savage orc and this is a controlled savage orc <laughs> controlled savage yeah is, no that's that's the idea what's up Gio? is zog considered to be evil because he's going around killing elves that may or may not be innocent Um, hmm. That's a very good question. Um, he's definitely chaotic. He's <laughs> he's definitely chaotic. Um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say evil. Um, more or less. Uh, he was kind of in an enraged state, like a crime of passion kind of type thing. So I don't necessarily want to say indefinitely that he's evil um at best he's chaotic neutral at worst he's neutral evil so i'm not gonna say he's one way or the other but that's kind of the spectrum that he's at depending on how heightened his emotions are so wait so are you saying that if we suspect a human or an elf to be involved in what happened we can kill them and not change our alignment is that what you're saying or no uh i am not saying that what i'm saying <laughs> is that zog has not had much time you do not know much about zog so i'm not trying i'm trying not to give away too much about zog because since that episode i have made improvements to the character um i'm trying to keep the mystery alive with zog and i'm okay. not i'm i'm giving you two different ideas of far as like or two different schools of thought of where he could be and i'm not telling you flat out where he is um because i don't want that to influence what you guys do if you come across him again he better not come back (laughs) i warned (laughs) him i gave him a chance i did tell him you run the other way i can tell you that like one action doesn't well okay i don't want to say one action but like it, it kind of is like a scale. So, like, depending on how bad the action is is going to depend on how fast you turn into an evil character and change your alignment. 
Um, so like if you're a true neutral or if you're like a, we'll say a neutral evil kind of character. No, I don't want to say that. We'll say chaotic neutral. We'll say chaotic neutral character and you, you know, go around killing people and you get a person wrong. Like you accidentally kill them. I wouldn't necessarily say that you were evil, but you made a mistake. If you continually do that brazenly without any rec, uh, without any remorse for doing it, then you would be considered probably chaotic evil, but it's more so it's, it's more nuanced than just, I kill a good person. I become evil. It's very, it's a very gray area when it comes to alignment kind of stuff. Cause people make mistakes, but if the mistakes start to become a, 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 a pattern and then it's not a mistake anymore, it's a choice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This makes sense. So that's that's kind of where Zog is sitting right now without telling too much. It's just he's somewhere in the realm of neutral evil and chaotic neutral. Hey, for all the fans out there, I'll do it one more time. Damn it, Zog! <laughs> <laughs> yes, damn it, Zog. Um, do you guys have... Actually, I'll do it the other way. Damn it, Zor! <laughs> I really, en- I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed that conversation because fighting with another orc in orc language was freaking awesome. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. I don't really get to do that that, that often because we don't really come across many uh, savage people. <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> but um, so do you guys have any other questions for me? I know it's just just you two today, but. If you don't, that's okay. I have a question. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so everybody was like, uh, what, Sam says that he gets picked on, and I just want to, for, for Mel, or, uh, Melkor, I was going to say Melkor, Zorbrain, um, Demezio out there, because um, he said, I get picked on all the time. I just want to let everybody know. I've been counting, and out of the, I think, seven battles, I have been knocked over prone four times. (laughs) (laughs) So for Sam out there, who says he gets picked on, I'm usually sitting on my ass about 100% of the time. Let's say, like, 75. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. His, my dice just really like Sam. I don't know why. They get really, they get really, uh. Really excited and perform very well when it comes to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> so Zor likes to take a nap. But also, Sam pumps out a good chunk of damage. And if you're pumping out a good chunk of damage before anything else is really happening, guess what? The, zomb- the, the creature's going to target you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I that, That's just the way I look at it. That one was for Sam, though. I just wanted to bring that out there because I know he said that he gets picked on. Uh, Zor likes to take a nap before his fights to energize himself. Just let everybody know. There's your, there's a nap, then fury and rage. Nap, nap fury, rage, in that order specifically. Yes. <laughs> All right. Geo, do you got any other questions for me? Oh, yeah. Um, I had well, I had one I've, I've been trying to trying to remember what it was i can't but i still have that other question though um that i forget to answer are, are you gonna let me uh oh. swap out the arcana proficiency 
Um, that's right, that one. I forgot to answer that, then I? I was looking at it, and then I got distracted. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. So, you got it from your class, and you're asking to change it, because now... Um, well, I haven't used it yet, and Gifford is going to be... Well, he's going to have high intelligence, and he's proficient in Arcana, so... You mean uh, Alex, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always call him Gifford. No, I, I know. I just yeah. In my head, it gets very confusing sometimes when I hear Gif- uh, Alex. <laughs> he's got a lot of nicknames. Like he's just Chip, call him Bomb. <laughs> Gifford. Just call him Bomb. Gif. Um, hmm. You haven't used it yet. Um, you haven't used it yet? Oh, I don't even, I'm not even sure what, is, what do you use it for. I think you told me you use it when you're reading like magical books or something. It's to have knowledge on magical entities or otherworldly entities or otherworldly items and things. Um, or magical items and things. So like, for example, this creature that you're going up against, the black tendril fucking thing, um, you could technically roll either a history or an arcana check to see what you know of of this creature or if you've ever come across it before so it's it's more it's more for deducing some and like some of that kind of stuff it's not necessarily a bad thing to have multiple people with it because if for whatever reason you guys get split up into two groups uh, it could be beneficial to have two people with it um, it's just, it's never a bad thing to have things overlap. Um, but I, th- I'm going to say if you want to replace it, you'd have to replace it with either deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, or religion, because you get the arcana proficiency from your class. So uh-huh. if you're going to want to change it, you're going to have to change it to one of the skills that you get from your class. That's fine. What were you uh, thinking? I was thinking persuasion. You're not proficient in persuasion already? Oh, I'm deception, nature, and ar- arcana. You should have more than that. Really? Let me yeah. see. So you should have two from your sorcerer, and then your background, which is hermit. <laughs> no, I just have three. <laughs> your background, what? which is hermit, gives you medicine and religion. Oh, shit, I didn't have that filled in. And then your sorcerer gives you two in... gives you two proficiencies, which can either be arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, or religion. Wait, so in total, how many should I have? Four? Or... You should have four in total. Oh, I think we you let me swap religion for nature when I took hermit. I think that's what happened. And I forgot to fill in medicine. Oh, uh, that's probably what it was, yeah. Because yeah. It, the nature kind of fit your, your backstory a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Zor is All feeling right, so very I'll smart right now, because Melkor is the intelligence of the party, and Melkor is having an intelligence blunder. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that... Kyle, are... sorry. I was going right. to say, Kyle, are you proficient in, a, in, a, in intimidation? Yes, and religion. A religious orc, okay? <laughs> okay, so Persuasion yes. would make sense then. I, I am that. athletic. I'll, I'll let you be the intimidator. 
Yeah, I am intimidating, I am athletic, and I am also very spiritual. <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised if we saw Zora go to a pallet in multi-class at some point. Because guess what? You might not be able to cast spells while you're raging, but Divine Smite is not a spell. That is true. It's an ability. We that shall see. What does that do? Like 5d8 damage? Something uh, like that? At first level, I think it's 2d8, but let me look. Paladin. You'd have to fight I'm... with Sam over it, though. Would Zor meet the... I don't know if Zor would meet the... Uh, ec- you need a... uh, the accommodations for Charisma, because he is a pretty uncharismatic fellow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I think you need a 13 in Charisma to do it. But yeah. Divine Smite says, when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you, expen- you can expend one spell slot to deal radiant damage to the target. In addition to the weapon's damage, the extra spells... Da- the extra damage... I'm sorry... Uh, is 2d8 at first level, plus 1d8 for each spell slot higher than the first, to a maximum of 5d8. The damage increases by 1d8 if the target is undead or a fiend, to a maximum of 6d8. So on top of all your melee damage, you would get an additional, at most, 6d8, if the target is a fiend or undead. That's pretty cool. Zor Zor seems like he's a pretty proud fella. I think I read that warlocks have something similar. I think it's called Eldritch Smite. They have sure. Eldritch Smite, which is a uh, invocation, I believe. Um, yeah. It's very, 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 very similar. I think the only thing that's different is the damage typing. I think instead of Radiant, I think it's like... I think it's Necrotic or something. Psychic? Psychic or Necrotic, one of the two. But, um, yeah, it uses spell slot and everything. So it's very similar. You could, actually, what you could do is you could stack the two of them if you were a Paladin Warlock multi-class. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could say, like, I'm going to pe- do a Divine Smite, and then you can say I'm going to do an Eldritch Smite. Because both of them say you can do it when you when you hit a target. So mm-hmm. it's after you know you're going to hit, but before damage. Um, wow. So you can stack them both and say, okay, well, I'm going to dump a third level Divine Smite and... I'll dump my second level warlock spell into an Eldritch Smite. Always a character concept I've always wanted to play with because a paladin warlock sounds very fun. But I'm never a player. Still. Yeah, it's fun. Also was I was also there was one character that I had. His name was Draven. Uh he was a barbarian Shadar Kai, so like a dark elf. Um he was a zealot barbarian who I took a multi-class into Warlock for the uh, for the Hexblade. And then I was going to dip into Paladin for like two levels. But the problem is, is that never we never finished the game. So that character is still just sitting. Maybe he'll show up one day in my game because I missed I missed Draven. He was cool. Zor would like him. I'm sure he would. Barbarian uh, might. <laughs> I don't think Zor could dip into Rogue because after that experience of him being stealthy and just the ground shaking, he doesn't re- he doesn't seem to fit that role very well. I don't when know if you this? remember in the when we played last session, 
Zor was put into stealth. Somebody put him into oh, stealth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was That's rocking right. through, and he was going through claustrophobia. I don't yeah. think Zor makes a very sneaky fella. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. Probably yeah. not. He makes a good eater, though. He eats uh, even Displacer Beast. So he's a good eater, but not a very good stealthy fella. This is true. This is very true. So, um, I think before we wrap things up, I had a question for you two. How are you enjoying the game so far? What do you think about D&D in general? Um, and feel free to tell me that I suck ass. <laughs> you suck ass! I hate it! <laughs> Damn it! I won't take it personally. <laughs> but I just thought it would be interesting for uh, for the people out there who are listening to get a new player's perspective on it, coming into a game late trying to pick things up where you left off and uh, especially having it be a, like a podcast and things like that. So I just thought it would be interesting to get that kind of point of view. If you guys were interested in sharing. Uh, Belcor, you can go first. Sure. I've really liked it so far. Um, I really like the complexity of it. Cause it makes you think about, uh, you know, what, like it makes you like wonder what kind of strategy you can implement and mm. uh you know for the next session and you know for your next turn or whatever if you're in the middle of a battle and uh i also like the fact that you can pretty much do anything that you can imagine which is something you can't do in like any other game that i know of you can't do that in like video games obviously and uh you've been doing a great job Oh, so far, you. yeah, it's uh, you've been doing it. It's much better than um, I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I feel like you're you're. <laughs> well, I mean, I I expected the average DM, but I feel like you're you're a uh, way above average in terms of DMing. Like, I don't think I could, if I even tried, like, my best, I don't think I could do as well as you're doing, to be honest. Well, that makes me feel good. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I would consider myself above average, but <laughs> I appreciate the praise. It makes me feel good. Um, if Zor I'm... were to DM, he'd break the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I'll get back to that thought in a second, but uh, what did I want to say? I wanted to say something. You know, okay, fuck it. I forgot what I was going to say, so I'm going to go right back to what I, to my response to that, uh, Kyle. Um, do you remember during our break that show that Sam was showing you with Grog? The Vox the Machina. Yeah. So that is. So it is. It's an animated. It's an animated show now. But before that, it was a D and D podcast. D and D game on YouTube. And they have one one shot spinoffs, and one of them, Grog, DM'd a game of Bunions and I forget what the hell he called it, but it was basically D and D in D and D. It was like D and Deception, and I think it would be hilarious for you to watch it because I think you'd get a kick out of it because he <laughs> he DMs as his idiot character Grog the entire time, and it's fantastic. Well, he never broke spirit. But you, you know, Andy, if uh, if you ever wanted to play, like I was thinking, I don't know, I don't think I'm, I'd be, 
I don't think I, I could uh, ever DM like you, but like DM a whole campaign or anything. But if you wanted to ever like play for like a couple of sessions or something, and like uh, like say like in the in the future, we could uh, I could probably like set up like a mini campaign. Like a potentially. Like a... Yeah, like a substitute yeah, teacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm I could definitely be persuaded for that, especially with uh with the little one on the way. Like absolutely be persuaded for that. Um I would Yeah, something something small cuz I mean, if I ever did that in the future, it, it I should start small, I think. Yeah, you definitely want to start small. I did not start small and that was a problem. Um I I got too cocky in the beginning, so um, thank God that was not part of the podcast, but, um, but you're, you're, so this is kind of an interesting topic to kind of get into. Um, as a person who wants to DM in the future, my advice to you is do not compare yourself to others and do not compare sell your, set yourself up for failure. So there's this thing called the Matt Mercer effect. That's kind of going rampant in the D and D community and has been ever since critical role that D that really popular D and D YouTube show, um, kind of took off. Well, I say YouTube, but it's also mainly on Twitch. Um, that guy, if you think I'm above average, you should literally watch him. Like he puts me to shame this Matt Mercer, um, best DM I've ever seen. Fantastic. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about for out there in the, in the ether, go, Feel free to check them out on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, anyway, so I, when I first started, tried to imitate him. And to an extent, I still do. Um, but I do it differently now where I take my, I interpret and I take some some lessons from him and I twist it in my own way and I spit it back out. So I'm still happy with it. Um, but that just, this is all relating back to that comment of, I don't know if I could DM as you or like, be as good of a dm as you it just takes time you have to get comfortable with it like i was never I, it's not like i just woke up one day and was this was i'm gonna say it this way but i don't mean it this way i didn't wake up one day and i was this good i got better over time um so just keep that in mind that's all i'm saying for anyone anyone else out there that wants to dm in the future but uh geo just you know don't don't compare yourself to others as far as being a DM, because then you get burned out and it's not fun for you. And you're supposed to be the person who facilitates the fun. And if you're not having fun, then no one's having fun. Yeah. Um, also one more quick question. Uh, would I, if I, so say I was a warlock in the future and I took the, um, the Eldritch adept, feet would i be able to use that to take the shroud of shadow invocation okay you're throwing things at me and i just need to look them up okay so you're <laughs> saying you want to be a warlock in the future at some point and you want to take the feat called eldritch adept no. yeah and i was wondering if that let me take the shroud of Sh shadow invocation because i think the eldritch adept feat if i I don't know if it, if this is right, but I think it requires a. You're not allowed to. It says you're not allowed to take an invocation with a pre prerequisite, but that's according to Wiki Dot, and 
Some, that's my only source of information yeah. for this. So, so Eldritch Adept says, studying occult lore, you have unlocked Eldritch power within yourself. You learn one Eldritch invocation option of your choice from the Warlock class. If the invocation has a prerequisite of any kind, you can choose that invocation only if you're a Warlock who meets the prerequisite. So if you're a Warlock and you meet the prerequisite for whatever invocation you're referring to, then yes, you can take it. Oh, oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> Cause, dude, Trout of Shadow, it's a 15th, um, it, you only get it when you're a level 15 Warlock, and it says that you can cast Invisibility at will on myself, well no, at will on, it just says at will, without expending a spell slot. So you would have to be a level 15 character, but yeah, you could take it. I'd have to be a level 15 character? You'd have to, so it still says that you have to meet the prerequisite. Oh, okay. Take it. So, okay. yeah, if you're a warlock, as long as you meet the prerequisite, you can take it as part of it. Oh, that. I see. So basically, if you take this feat, because I think, I think a base warlock, you start with like, I think you get like two eldritch invocations, and I think it levels up with. Yeah. Um, True. Let me see. That I think that's accurate. Before I shoot myself in the foot, let me actually look. Second level, you gain two Eldritch Invocations. Yep, there it is. And then at certain levels, you gain an additional one uh, that's probably on the table. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Repelling Blast and Agonizing Blast as my first two. Then later, I think I'll take Shroud of Shadow when I'm a higher level. So, yeah, so Eldritch Invocations go from two all the way up to eight and that's where it scales so basically if you take that feat you're going to be take you it would scale from three all the way to nine um invocations so let me look up what this invocation is that you're talking about specifically because if it says you have to be level 15 or warlock level 15 that's two different things uh what was it called again that you were looking at shroud of shadow Just imagining my character just flying around, just continuously casting invisibility on himself. <laughs> like, hmm. uh, do you know what book it's from, or no? Um, I could Google search it. Nope, found it. Got it. Okay. It's from Xanathar's. It says level 15 is a prerequisite, so... I'll look into it a little bit more, but for right now, we'll assume that it's a level 15 warlock um, or in warlock levels. And then I'll clarify with my good friends on Reddit and then we'll go from there. But from what I see, I don't, I think it's just level 15. You have to be, but I'll double check. I don't want to say yes and then get your hopes up. So I'm going to say right now, no, and then I'll look into it and then we'll clarify from there. Okay. All right. And Zor, how does he feel? Yeah, how does Zor feel? (laughs) Yeah. Hello, I'm back again. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first started playing D&D, I had Sam Demezio call me, and he said, hey, do you want to play D&D? And you know what my response was, everybody out there? My response was, are you kidding me? This, I am not playing that. Are you, no way in hell. I, I might play Magic the <laughs> Gathering, but I am not stooping that low. Now, 
I gave it a chance. I went to a session. I thought, man, this is this is pretty weird. I don't know. I think I could get into this. And then I played it. And I was hooked on it. And I can't believe to say this, that I was completely wrong. So for anybody out there that thinks that they might not fit in this game because maybe it's too nerdy or maybe it has that uh, maybe negative uh, stereotype of being uh, cult-worshipping and drinking from bloods out of a goblet. It's not like that at all. It's absolutely amazing. Um, it's, it's really one of those games that you just can't find with friends. It's just... For me, it's, it's, it's extremely addicting in a very good way uh, because I think it really brings out fun with people and excitement that you don't really get from games. And uh, so, yes, I've really enjoyed it. And um, I would definitely say that uh, I'm happy that I took that leap to, to give it a try. It's definitely something that um, Zor approves of. <laughs> well said. Well said, Kyle. So, um, I was actually surprising, believe it or not, the same way as you at one point in time. <laughs> I, I kind of, I felt the same way about it. Um, I, uh, my friend, and, and many of you know him. It, it was Rob, the, or not, it was, but Rob, all this, um, is the one who got us all into it, into D and D at the same time, and I had the same, same reaction as you, Kyle. I was like. You know, I'm a nerd. I'm a really big nerd, but like D and D, like really, like come on. And I put it off for like a full year before I was like, okay, fine. He wore me out enough. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. Uh, God, how many years has it been? Uh, at least five, because I was in college at the time. God, am I that old? No, at least four. I'm not that old. Uh, so since college, it's been four years, and then, so it's been like six or seven years. Um, God, I am that old. Jesus, why am I that old, guys? But um, here I am, six or seven years later, running a game on a podcast because I never expected that. You're only as old as you feel, and uh. I think that we're in that same boat of sometimes you just don't know how good something is until you try it. And it was one of those things that, I mean, you could have seen it on the stranger things and there's nothing that can explain this game. It's just one of a kind. There's nothing out there that you can play on a tabletop that you're going to get this type of experience, especially if you got a good DM. I think that matters too. So we'll give you another right. pad on your armor. <laughs> on my armor, thank you. I appreciate that. More, uh, more fuel for the for the fire. I don't know if you guys are really gonna like me that much once you find out more about your backstories, but I'm happy that you guys enjoy it so far. Yeah, it's fun. As long as, <laughs> like I said, uh, you know, Demetrio he can get it first. As long as Zor goes second, he doesn't want to go first. <laughs> Trust me, Sam has got it a lot so far. He has got it a lot. <laughs> he, uh, I, I fuck with him a little too much, I think. And I think it kind of <laughs> reflects on it. <laughs> well, that's uh, good old brotherly love, right? But no metagaming! No metagaming! <laughs> no metagaming, exactly. All right. Well, with that fantastic 
statement out of the way. I think we will end there for tonight. Um, thank you all for joining us. We will catch you all next time on Tales of Draconia for episode 29. Oh, 29. Oh, shit. I gotta speed this shit up. Anyway, catch you later, everybody. Goodbye. All right, take it easy.